Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, pre record on my count. Seven. I got I got six. Five. Four. Three. Two. Roll A. Fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us wherever you're listening this afternoon on one of our Super Talk stations or perhaps online, wherever. We're glad that you're going to join us today. We've got a great show coming up for you. Going to be talking NFL football, college football, NASCAR racing, all things considered. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of this show and uh, Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their delicious food seven days a week. Yes, they're not missing a day. They're delivering it to your house. You can pick it up through the drive-thru. It's uh, hot, it's fresh, it's delicious, and it's available to you right now. So support your local restaurant and support Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Hot. I'm beginning... You know, Luke, I'm beginning to get a little taste of summertime here in uh, Hattiesburg, and I'm guessing about the same in Laurel. Hadn't really known what to do. The last few weeks has felt like late February, early March, but I'll tell you what, Saturday and Sunday, Mr. Humidity showed up and showed up big time. It was so humid yesterday. But, Bob, you know what? I was at a buddy's house yesterday, and on the television, I couldn't believe it. There was a live sporting event going on. No question about it. It was NASCAR. Uh, They called it the Heroes 400. It was run at Darlington Racetrack, and I, too, not a huge NASCAR guy, but I was so hungry for something new and uh, related to sports that I certainly tuned in. So I got to thinking this morning, Luke, who who do I know personally that is the biggest NASCAR fan that I know? And I thought of nobody else, but, well, I'm going to give you his name. His name is Gary O'Kane. That doesn't mean anything. His real name is Scary Gary. He's a huge NASCAR fan, big fan of Dana Kirkpatrick when she was racing, and uh, – and he's with us today to analyze the first sporting event we've seen in months and months and months. And Scary Gary, how was it? Uh, how did it feel for you yesterday to sit down and, and watch the, the the NASCAR boys roaring around the Darlington track? Oh, it was really great. I mean, it, everything basically as visual watching it was the same, except there was nobody sitting in the stands. Now, that was kind of unusual when they would come by the stands and they were, you know, totally just faking. But uh, it was a good race. I mean, it was uh, it was thrilling. I mean, it was like you said, there was no real live live anything on this weekend except uh, they they returned to horse racing on Saturday at Churchill Downs without any spectators. Also, so mm-hmm. I mean, racing is kicked off because you know it, it's kind of your social distance anyway. Right. But NASCAR kicked off, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna run a condensed schedule where they're going to run again on Wednesday night. They're going to run a cup race again on Wednesday night. They're going to run the Xfinity race tomorrow night. So, I mean, there's racing going to be on TV during the week. So that's that's really kind of something new that NASCAR's in the past. NASCAR used to have, you know, like Tuesday or Wednesday races back in the, back in the old days when Richard Petty was in his heyday. Mm-hmm. But, they, you know, they would have two or three races during the week. And 
course, it may not be on a, a paved track. It may be a dirt track, but that was back in the early, early days. Right. But with the corona coming in and, and being shut down for so many weeks, that they had to try to get these races in, and they came up and got to look, and they said, well, which tracks can we go to and, and feel that we're, you know, socially distancing? And, and they went to Darlington first because this is a short drive from Charlotte, and they'll race there this week, and then they will go back to Charlotte, and they will race the 600 uh Charlotte 600, which is scheduled for Memorial Day, and then they will run races after Memorial Day at Charlotte. And right. then, of course, it, it moves on to the to the rest of the schedule that they released last week. But it's, no, uh, it's like a one-day show. They roll up, they unload the car, they basically have the car ready when they get there, and, of course, the way that they're uh, lining them up for races on uh, Thursday night, they're drawing numbers to set the field like they would in any dirt track race in Mississippi or anywhere else. They, they draw ping-pong balls with numbers on them, and that indicates where they start. Well, NASCAR did it so that the people that are leading the points, they were the first, they were the last ones, of course, but they, they, they broke them down from 1 to 12, and then from 13 to 25, and then from 25 to 38 or what, 39 or whatever, and they drove... They, uh, you know, the group of drivers that were in those those point standings in that range, they drew the balls to set the field, and then they set the field that way. So when they got to Darlington, they already knew where they were going to start, so they just had to do the national anthem and the prayer and uh, line them up and go racing. And that's basically what they're going to do in all these, these next upcoming races, just show up, no practice, no, no qualifying, no nothing. They're going to have, you know, they're going to know where they're going to start, they go line them up. They go turn them loose, and really, it was a pretty decent race for for them to bend off for right. like eighty days or so. I mean, well, that was my was that was my next question, this. Gary. Huh. Uh, were you a little surprised? I was surprised when I heard that these guys had not had any qualifying laps, no practice. They had been doing virtual racing, and then they sit in a race car and go two hundred miles an hour around a track. What does that say about the skill of these drivers? Oh, well, let's just say all of these drivers are, are skilled drivers. I mean, you had to work. You just don't start racing in NASCAR level. I mean, you, you build up to the NASCAR level. And, yeah, you're right. If they haven't had any practice or any qualifying or nothing. But there's been races in the past where everything would be rained out on Friday and Saturday, and they would set the field by the, by the points, of course, at that time. You know, when you go from race to race, you set, do it by the points. And they would set the field by how your standing was in points. Well, since they haven't run enough racing to be long enough in points, they, they're doing it the drawing way so that it's more fair for everybody instead of having Kevin Harvick or Kyle Busch start up front every race. Right. Luke? Gary, and it was it was kind of a race that had everything. Harvick uh, got his fiftieth uh, career win, and That's how about right. uh, Matt Kenseth? He he hasn't been on the track in uh, what a year and a half, years, and he finishes tenth. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, and, and right, I mean, now of course Matt is is a physical fitness. I mean, he he stays fit. He's run a couple of marathons, and he's run a few dirt track races and stuff. He's been in racing. He just hadn't been in NASCAR. And he did really good to have gotten in that 42 machine basically cold 
and went out there and finished with a tent and kept all the fenders on it and everything. And it was really a good run for Matt. And, of course, also the number six, Ryan Newman, was out there. Ryan had a pretty decent yeah. run all day. So, I mean, those two guys basically hadn't been in a car since a while, and they were able to adapt pretty quick and, you know, and go with it. Hmm. So... Everything, you talked you about know, uh, Ryan Newman. It was the first time he had been, and uh, I think since his wreck at Daytona, and yeah. uh, you know he finishes fifteenth. You had wrecks. Jimmy Johnson, um, I think, uh, wrecked yesterday. I think Kyle Busch uh, hit a banner and it wrapped around two cars. And then they even had uh, a, a, a infield grass fire. I mean, this was it yeah. was a, a certainly something uh, that people were excited to see. It kind of was a race that had everything. Well, it was it was a uh, good race, and you're right. It was a lot of uh, craziness that went on. I mean, of course, the first one out of the race was our own Ricky Stenhouse, and he basically got tangled up with another driver and hit the wall and was out at lap five, so he didn't even get started good before he broke a sweat, and he was out of it. So, <laughs> you know, tough luck for him. But uh, it was it was all in all, it was it was entertaining, and of course, uh, Harvick won, which. Everybody kind of expects that, he, you know, that he's, he's run good all year, but he's just had cruddy luck on finishing. Mm-hmm. Well, he put it together, and like I, I have said before, it would come down to the driver that was most prepared mentally, physically, and equipment-wise that was going to prevail, and it turned out it was Kevin Harvey. Chevy did good, uh, uh, Gary. Top four cars were Chevy, seven out of the top ten. Yeah, well, Toyota never led. I don't think Toyota. Well, I think that back. Martin Truex led a couple of laps, but Toyota just never did show out yesterday. I mean, of course, Toyota's been been winning a lot of the races. Mm-hmm. Last year they dominated, but the Chevrolet is uh, let's just say having some time off. Some engineers had had some uh, ideas that they wanted to try. Evidently, yeah. but it was all in all, it was a good, entertaining race. I mean, you know, with nothing else on, I. And I said, probably people, you know, like you, turned it on because they were dying for something live. Right. Well, I tell you what, Gary, you don't know this, but we've just named you the official NASCAR correspondent for the Eagle Hour. So <laughs> we're going to be checking back with you through the NASCAR season, and we want you to study it now and stay on top of it so you can keep our listeners informed. Is that a deal? Oh, well, I have to study it. I just keep up with it. I mean, <laughs> all right, Gary. <laughs> Gary, right, don't, man. don't get too excited. Don't get too excited. Yeah, try to Bob's con- checks are always in the mail. Right. Okay, so just know that. That's right. As long as they don't bounce, high as they, that they fly. Your check for today is in the mail, Gary, and we appreciate you very much, brother. <laughs> hey, thank y'all. Y'all have a good day. Appreciate y'all giving me the time to talk about NASCAR. All right, scary Gary, everybody. On the Eagle Hour. Doesn't get much better than that, Luke. Kick off the week with Scary Gary. No telling what's... Live sporting. No it's all back. Live sports and Scary Gary. What a way to start the week. Luke and I'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us. Want to thank Scary Gary, otherwise known as Gary O'Kane, for joining us in the first segment. You picked up on something, Luke. He was very excited about coming back on. Could you tell? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I mean, he, he knows what type of salary there is for him Correct. when you become a member of the Eagle Hour. I mean, right. it's just Bob Getty's name and reputation is behind every single check for our correspondents. <laughs> it just go. brings them so much security yeah. uh, knowing that they're gonna their, their great job is going to be rewarded. But I'll tell you what, I like Gary. Same vein of some of the other guests we have right. on the show. Ask one question, man. He'll tell you everything there is to know about it. Really appreciate him no, coming on. That's today. exactly correct. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and campusbookmart.net. You can buy your favorite Southern Miss swag anywhere online. Just go to campusbookmart.net. They'll deliver it to you anywhere is what I'm trying to say on a Monday afternoon. Or you can stop by and visit them on Hardy Street. I think they're back open now and uh, practicing social distancing and all that good stuff. But uh, you can uh, you can certainly enjoy uh, Campus Bookmart and campusbookmart.net. Uh, did some early morning, uh, so weird these days, uh, uh, Luke. My wife gets me up and, and wants to go buy groceries at 7 o'clock in the morning because she don't think there's going to be a lot of people there. So we go to the corner market out in Bellevue, and she's right. There was hardly anybody in there that time of day. I was so, so pleased to see every employee in the store wearing masks. Uh, the store was clean. Uh, very few people shopping at that time of day. That there's a, there's an alternative for people that uh, you know if you're concerned about getting around a lot of people. Obviously, you have to get out and you have to buy groceries. We we found that to be a really good experience uh, early this morning uh, at Corner Market. So uh, thanks to that great company and that's such a great family uh, that runs that organization. Uh, we appreciate them providing that for us here uh, in West Hattiesburg. Okay, Luke, we, we talk a lot about what COVID-19 is doing to college football. I read an interesting article this morning. There are 30 of these showcase games scheduled, and games like the you know the September 5th opener at Cowboy Stadium scheduled between Alabama and USC, uh, there are 30 such games scheduled during the course of the year. And now, real concern that those games will maybe be canceled because if you can't have fans uh, buy tickets for those games and be in the stands, then there's just way too much money uh, being guaranteed. So in reading in the article, it became a little depressing. And, uh, you know, I was one of these guys. I'm old enough to, I'm old enough to uh, have been able to experience the heyday of Southern Miss football. When I think it's fair to say that Southern Miss had the dominant football program in Mississippi. Uh, certainly the record against Mississippi State and Ole Miss uh, – back in the 70s and 80s indicates that Southern Miss was the dominant program uh, in that period of time and certainly on equal footing with any school uh, that they play just about anywhere. But give you an example, Luke, of how things have changed. I was reading about this one game. Now, keep in mind that USM's uh, football budget last year, according to Jeremy McLean, was a little less than $28 million. Alabama and USC being guaranteed $6 million apiece for the one game. The one game on September the 5th, if it's played, if you take Alabama's estimated TV, just the TV revenue from the SEC uh, on an average year, add the $6 million, they have brought in $50.6 million by September the 5th compared to an annual budget for a smaller school of $28 million for USM. And that's not including any ticket sales, any paraphernalia sales, any clothing sales, any bowl revenues, all the money that would be rolling into the Alabama coffers. The days of equal footing are gone forever, Luke, and I, I think that's a, a stark illustration. 
just a, a follow-up question. The $28 million, I bet that's the entire athletic budget, isn't it? That's not just football. What that, I read was, was probably, that, that that may be the entire athletic, but I read that to that, say that's what football, but I'm not 100% sure if I'm correct about that. Is yeah, that the entire when, athletic the reason, department? I would think it's the entire athletic department. Just to, to let you know, when I was at Southern Miss, uh, our athletic budget, I think, was between like 12 and $14 million. So, you know, mm-hmm. you think about inflation and that how it progresses. And so I, I bet that's the entire athletic budget. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's staggering to think that Arkansas, as horrendous as their football program is, okay, mm-hmm. that they, at the end of the year, they get $45 million just like everybody else in the SEC. For simple, It's a participation trophy is what it is. Correct. For, for, that, for that football program. So, yeah, I mean, that's the way it is. What, what, I, what I miss out on is I love these showcase games, and the reason I, I, I love it is it goes back to that Todd Munkin frame of reference when he talked about, okay, Power Five, if you want to break off and do it yourself – then guess what? You can't play the group of five anymore. So enjoy the seven and five and eight mm-hmm. and four seasons. Right. But I, I love these showcase games because it is it's it's top opponents like week zero, which would be Saturday, August 29th. Notre Dame against Navy in Dublin, Bob. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? Probably not going to be played, or a great chance of it not being played. Thursday night, which in week one, September third, Oregon State. And Oklahoma State, it's Clemson and, and Georgia Tech. That'll be a bloodbath. But at the same time, it's these games that matter early on. You look in at, at the the next day, which is uh, Friday. Indiana at Wisconsin. Indiana's been stepping up the last few years. Saturday, uh, Florida State against West Virginia. Um, some of the nightcap, of course, the big one that that you were just talking about: Alabama and Southern Cal and Arlington. Ole Miss is playing Baylor in in Houston. Um, Michigan at Washington, and then the Monday matchup uh, in in Atlanta was going to be Georgia against Virginia. I absolutely mm-hmm. love those matchups, especially when that loss, you know, may be whether or not somebody goes to the playoff or not in in week one. So, right. yeah, I, I, but do you think? I mean, what if? Does it make more sense? If they bought out, so if you're Bama and you'll get six million dollars, and you got a non conference game against whoever. Week three. Does it make sense to have that game moved back and keep the money game and just buy out, if it's possible, the lower opponent? Well, I guess it would make sense. Now, as I read this article, this was uh, this game in Arlington, Texas, is uh, uh, the cowboy organ. The cowboy owner is behind it, and uh, you know he's he's technically putting up some of the money as is the sponsor. And, and the article indicated that. You just you no one's going to put up this kind of money if they can't recoup their money in ticket sales. So, if you right. let's let's say that Alabama canceled a, a non-conference game and moved SC to that bowl, to that slot, I, I don't know that that means they could still expect to make the same. You know what I'm saying? Six million dollars well, a piece. I, I don't know. Well, when you look at Bama's schedule, you couldn't do it week three because that's when uh, Georgia comes to Tuscaloosa. But so say that. Say that you don't play the Southern Cal game. Well, the next the next Saturday you're playing Georgia State at home in Tuscaloosa, right? Right. So you would think Bama's probably going to make more than six million dollars right. for a home game. So, probably so. you know, it's uh, I, I don't if, I know this about Jerry. If Jerry can't help Jerry, then nobody will. Be <laughs> Nobody's going to help Jerry, right? Well, here's the thing, and I, and again, I take it back to uh, to my memories of when things were so equal. 
I guess this all started when the BCS uh, phenomenon began. I remember early on in that, I remember you guys, you were on the team that was playing Cal that night, and and uh, their ranking in the BCS had a big outcome. You know, the game had a big outcome on that. Things began to, obviously, you knew things were different then when they when they labeled the, these playoff games or bowl games BCS games, but... I'll tell you, Luke. Now the horse is is way out of the barn, and I, I think it. I think it goes back to what we were discussing Friday. I, I think these smaller conferences, uh, Sun Belt Conference USA, they'd be real wise to put their pride to the side, sit down, and try to figure out a workable deal where they could consolidate some of these conferences. Because if this continues to go in this direction, the smaller schools are not going to survive, Luke. We won't, and I think it's becoming more and more apparent that way. I think really the slide started um, right after that, when you towards the end of the BCS years, and, it, and what it was, it was it was TV money. Mm-hmm. That's what caused the separation. Whenever uh, the birth of the SEC network um, and and some of those others, where it was just exclusive content that way, and what you what you saw happening was what the NFL used to be, college football became. And right. then the slide even go went even further. What college football, in a sense, used to be, high school football, in some ways, has become. Especially when you go out to Texas. I was uh, I was in Texas. I was in Dallas uh, a couple years ago and went out to uh, Allen. And I mean, you know, it's a high school football stadium, and it's like a sixty million dollar stadium. Right. And it's just the the money has found its way down, and wherever there's a lot of money going into a few different places, it will create separation, and it has. Right. Message to all you Mississippians that drive around with those Alabama state-produced tags on your car. You pay $60, $65, $70 dollars extra for them. They send the money to Alabama. They don't need your money. Leave that money in <laughs> Mississippi and buy you a window sticker. If you want to promote must being be, a Babel, it must be fun over at over in Tuscaloosa. Just saying, hey, y'all, uh, meeting of the minds. We, you know, we got we got thirty million to burn this year. What do we want to What do we want to do? Right, and that's Let, not. Let's give a barber shop to the football team. Right. Let's build a five million dollar recruiting uh, building. What? Let's just burn some money. Let's do it. And here's what they say too, Luke. And that doesn't even include that money we're going to get from all them dumb Mississippi people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back at the start of a new week. Appreciate you joining us on the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Just in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Go on their Facebook page. See what the entree is every single day. 
for that 895 curbside lunch for Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander joins us on the telephone right now. And, Kelly, first question, um, I thought you were at Darlington uh, because things got out of control. There was a, a grass fire in the infield, and I said, Kelly must be out there doing something. Well, in the words of uh, Bill Clinton, what do you mean by grass? <laughs> <laughs> the meaning of the word I, I, is, is, right, Kelly? Yeah, I, I don't want get to get myself into any trouble, but uh, that is kind of a dead giveaway that uh, we snuck under the fence and were able to get into the infield there. We, uh, and it was worth it. And let me tell you, you know, there were a lot. It, it was just a race, supposedly, but there were so many professional sports people waiting to see how NASCAR would pull that off yesterday without any fans. And looking at all the NASCAR press today, um, they, they could not have been more delighted as to how smoothly things went, uh, the way the teams transi- transitioned in and out of the track, uh, the social distancing, everything went really, really well. In fact, so well that NASCAR has said today that it looks like they're going to start allowing fans back June 28th. Now, I know we're just still here toward mid to late May, but June 28th, which that would be the first time that any fans, you know, would be let back in any such event to this date. And the reason why that's important, that it's late in June, is because that still gives you about two months before college football would normally begin. Okay, so if fans are allowed back at the NASCAR circuit, and we'll have to see under what parameters that they're going to be allowed back in, but that can be nothing but good news for, you know, college football, um, you know, pro football, things like that, to see just the fact that they're still in June and they're going to allow fans back in the stands. I think that's great, great news. Did you watch the race, Kelly? Bob, let me tell you something. I was so fired up for that race race yesterday. I was drinking beer at 9 and listening to Leonard Skinner at 10 (laughs) yesterday morning. <laughs> so by the time they dropped the green flag at three thirty, buddy, yes. Well, the beer at nine, I can understand. The Leonard Skinner at ten in the morning, I, I don't know. I don't know about that, Kelly. I think that's a little extreme. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. That's how fired up I was to watch that race. Uh, Yesterday. I found myself watching it, and I'm really not a NASCAR fan. I'm really not a race car fan, but. Uh, just, just the uh, you know the anticipation of people competing for something and, and us not knowing how it's going to turn out. I, I thought was very good. I was really impressed too, Kelly. You know a lot more about racing than I do, but that when I heard that these guys had not been allowed to even take a lap around the track in their cars, they just jumped right. in cold, started driving two hundred miles an hour. That's what they do, you know. That, that's what they do, and. Uh, the guys who had been, it was interesting because prior to this race yesterday, they had the, the e-racing series, mm-hmm. which is a gaming system that they would actually race, you know, simulators from their own homes, you know, to keep uh, in accordance to the social distancing. Well, mm-hmm. the drivers who were doing really well in the e-series, which is the gaming series, were the younger drivers that oh, didn't yeah. have as much experience on the track. But once they got back onto the track, it was the old hands like Kurt Busch and Kevin mm-hmm. Harvick and Martin Truex, the guy, you know, the old guys who didn't do very well at all in the gaming 
races. Right. But when it came to grabbing the rear yeah. wheels, it, well, it was the old guys. There's a big difference in driving a car 200 miles an hour and doing that in a video game, correct? Right. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what it appears. <laughs> right. That's what it appears like. Um, right. But, but that June 28th date, just really anticipating that now because, you know, and again, there will be a lot of college football commissioners and conference commissioners really seeing how that, you know, plays right. out before they make any decisions as to what's in store for their fans in the fall. You often say this, you're exactly right, it's always about the money. And sure. uh, we, we talked about a, a game scheduled on September 5th between Alabama and USC, $6 million for each school. All right, so that's $12 million. And whoever's putting this on figures they can pay $12 million and still make some money for themselves. And I'm sure they're not doing it to make pocket change. It's just an illustration of how much money now is in college football. And uh, when you hear people say, Kelly Sander, well, we're going to bring the game back for the love of the game, they're not necessarily telling the truth, are they? Uh, No, maybe just a little bit. Uh, But but they're bringing it back for the money. Right, that's exactly right. Like like you say, we we always talk about that. And it's sad, but, but it is true. Uh, that there's there's so much money involved. But the other thing that, that equates into this when we talk about this pandemic, and I know we're all sick and tired of talking about it, but it seems like it seems like even the least informed of us in this country now kind of understand what we're dealing with. You know, there was there was an element of fear early on because we just didn't know anything about this virus. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, when we look at statistics, and the, the, it's still out there, obviously. But um, but thankfully, not as many people are dying now as were before. Um, again, we, we wish that nobody would have, but but people don't. They seem to be enlightened now more as to what's going on, so that they feel a little bit more comfortable as how they can deal with it on a day to day basis. And I think as as people get more used to what they're dealing with, they will be more comfortable in going outside or going shopping or doing what they. Right, you know they need to do right, Luke. Did we determine if that twenty-eight million was the the Southern Miss athletic budget or the football budget? I still think it's got to be the entire athletic budget. I'll check yeah. on it. But Kelly, yeah, we were talking about how uh, you know the SEC each school gets uh, about forty-five, forty-six million a year just in TV money. Southern Miss is, uh, yeah, Bob. What it was, the two thousand nineteen to two thousand twenty athletic budget was right at twenty-five. Point three million. So that's what the twenty eight comes from. That's the total budget. Then that's the total athletic budget. And to, and to think that one of those SEC or a couple of those SEC coaches make about a third in salary. Right. In salary. Right. As to what Southern Miss's entire budget is. How about those two schools are going to get six million apiece for playing each other on September the fifth? Well, it's, it's it's all about what the market will bear, right? You know, and and this pandemic has also brought you know forth to people how important teachers are because now, you know, when parents have to sit at home and homeschool their kids, we're learning you know how, how valuable teachers are. Um, so maybe we'll see a shift in the paradigm here where we'll start value value valuing teachers more than coaches. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we will, but I'm just saying. Um, this thing will this thing will change our lives in, in more ways than one, and and probably for the better, you know, in in many instances. Right. All right, Kelly. I, I read an article this weekend about the NFL football in the upcoming season, and they divided the teams into Super Bowl contenders 
best of the rest, rebuilding teams, middle of the road teams, and rock bottom teams. And Kelly, I'm here to tell you today that the Cincinnati Bengals are in the same category with the Los Angeles Rams, the Houston Texans, the Atlanta Falcons, the Detroit Lions, and the New England Patriots as middle-of-the-road teams in 2020. The Bengals in 2020 have escaped the rock bottom, Kelly. The only thing I can say is whoever wrote that article is swinging from power lines. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little juice, no. juice of the juice in the veins. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> there is no way the Bengals should be listed as a middle of the road team. Do they? They have middle of the road talent. You know, maybe even slightly above middle of the road talent, but that right. doesn't always get it. Now, uh, look, Johnson. Here are the Super Bowl contenders. You tell me if there are any that don't belong here: the Forty ers the Ravens, the Saints, the Chiefs, the Bucks, the Bucks. The Steelers, the Seahawks, and the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I would take. Well, Ben's going to be back, but at, at the same time, man, the, the Steelers just look. And I mean this not in a, a age category, but just Mike Tomlin's coach in the last couple of years just kind of looks anodated. And there hadn't been almost a, a, a freshness, and that could have been because Ben was out last year. The Bucks certainly don't belong there. Um, the Bucks got, got to be able to win their own division. So it's really tough when you put two teams from the same division in as Super Bowl champs. You'll see, okay, so with the Bucks considered, because he does have two elite receivers, uh, Brady we're talking about, you'll see whether or not Brady is has the ability, a depleted Brady, a, a at the end of his career Brady, has the ability to do what Favre did with the 2009 Vikings, but they had a lot of talent there too. So I, I, the Bucks, I would say, would be maybe be a uh, second-round playoff team possibly, but I don't see how you put two teams from the same division in there, especially when it's the Saints. You agree, Kelly? The Bucks a what, Super Bowl what the- contender? What have the Buccaneers done? They got Tom Brady. Well, so what? Yeah, that's the, it. The Bengals have got the Bengals have got Andy Dalton. The, or the Bengals have got Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you this. They real used quick, to. Guys, real, real quick, you guys. I, I ran into a guy the other day. We were speaking through masks, of course. But this guy came up and he said, "Hey, I hear you on the Eagle Hour. I know you're a Bengals fan." I said, "Yeah." He goes, well, "You got to be real excited when because you guys drafted Joe Burrows." I, I said, "Joe Burrows." <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Burrows, but apparently he's a casual fan, you know. Um, but look, there there is a Southern Miss connection to Indianapolis racing. All right, you got to tell me after the break, Kelly. Ten we'll seconds to the break, Kelly Sander with his Southern Miss connection after this. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday, the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Jump on their website, toyotahattiesburg.com. Search their new pre-owned and certified inventory and pick out your next car and make it a Toyota. Toyota Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Back to uh, Kelly on the phones. Bob and I uh, talking uh, with him. Kelly, Southern Miss Connection. Bob so rudely interrupted you with that commercial break. 
Yeah, there was actually, and, and before I segue into that, Luke, while we were talking about, uh, when we were talking about uh, Toyota, you know, Toyota races NASCAR. They've, they've got, uh, they're on, Joe Gibbs, you know, who, who used to coach Bob's beloved Redskins, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, all his uh, drivers are racing uh, Toyota engines. You know, Kyle Busch, uh, Martin Truex, and, and some of those guys, they do a really good job. So I'm glad that Toyota is involved with NASCAR. But on the IndyCar circuit, uh, this is going back to Coach Jeff Bauer's playing days. Uh, Bauer apostrophe S, you know, Jeff Bauer's Bowers, yeah. <laughs> playing days. Um, there was a, He had a, a pulling left left tackle, I think, or a guard by the name of Bo Cockfield out of South Carolina somewhere. And Bo Cockfield was the crew chief for an IndyCar team in the late 90s and early 2000s um, called uh, Team Extreme. And the, the gentleman who invented GPS was, was the financier of that team, Extreme. Ayrton Dari was behind the wheel. Hmm. But but Bo Cockfield was the crew chief. Uh, so there's, um, I actually ran into him at, at Indianapolis and he saw my Southern Miss uh, gear on. And he said, uh, and this was at the time when I met him, he said, is Jeff Bauer still the coach there? And I said, yeah. And then he proceeded me to tell his story. And I got Bo Cockfield and Jeff Bauer to get in, in contact with each other. And Bo sent Coach Bauer some Team Extreme swag. And Coach Bauer sent him a big box of, Southern Miss stuff, so it was pretty cool. What'd you and, get? Uh, so, oh well, Bob, I have everything. That's you know, right. I, I live I, in I Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. I forgot. There's about no room for anything. Break, more he has right. everything. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting how you know you go from how you wind up in different sports, um, and of course, mm-hmm. he had nothing but great things to say about uh, Coach Bauer. And when I told Coach Bauer that Bo Cockfield was going to be in touch with him, he said, "Holy cow, that's been a while since." Yeah. I've talked to him. So, sports. Kelly, you surprised me. Why does why does a Dodge? Why, why does Chrysler not run in NASCAR? Mopar not running in NASCAR? I, I don't know, Bob. I don't know. It's I mean, it's a big financial commitment, uh, and they must uh, you know, have, have they in the past. Has Mopar run in the past? Not to my knowledge. Is that right? I know, and I know an IndyCar. You know, Chevrolet will run. Uh, Infinity runs. Uh, Ferrari's going to do some racing this year and of course they moved the indy 500 which would have been this coming weekend um this coming weekend memorial day weekend is when they normally run the indy 500 but because of the covid pandemic they've moved it to the last weekend in august hmm. uh in indianapolis so it ought to be nice and toasty up there that time of year so normally um, you would be up there this time of the of the year drinking you know vegetable drinks and eating well and uh getting ready for the race I don't know about the vegetable drinks. Usually, I drink a lot of liquor and beer, uh, <laughs> and listen to Leonard Skinner first thing oh, in the yeah, morning, right? For sure. For <laughs> well, last year, you know, we were reporting live from Gasoline Alley, and yeah. the Southern Miss connection, the Southern Miss people you run into up there, yeah, it's awesome. You know, um, yeah. it's the biggest party in the world, and unfortunately, it's going to have to take place in August this year. But as long as we can get back to it, and again, NASCAR yeah. announcing that the twenty eighth of June. It looks like fans will be back in the stands. And we were going to pay you extra to report from there this year. I wanted you to know that, Kelly, but it, but it had to be within that, you know, Memorial Day time frame. I'm sorry that didn't work out. Who would have ever thought? Mm, that, uh, just a shame. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Who would, I would have never guessed. You know? <laughs> so. Uh, so did you have a good weekend, Senator? Did you behave yourself? Did you quarantine? Are you 
No, actually, Fourth Street. You know, you guys mentioned we mentioned Fourth Street's our third segment sponsor. I went; they had the, the uh, shrimp boil on Saturday, mm-hmm. and they had their outdoor patio set up. But today, they're inside and they are open. They are open. Oh well, good a, deal. You can go back and see the memorabilia now. That's right. It'll you know social distancing and every other table. You know, I mean, they've they've got it set up according to the CDC guidelines. But but uh, you can go inside now, and if if you you know, want to shoot a little pool, you can do that, but only one of the, one of the three pools tables, I think, is open. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be a little bit different, but all according to the rules, everything according to Hoyle, but their uh, food is always great. The thing about their, their shrimp boil, too, when 4th Street uh, has it, is the shrimp, some people like them really spicy. I like them a little bit spicy, but, but the way they cook them, I mean, all you have to do is, like, peel off one little shell, and they pop right out of the shell. Yeah. It's real easy to eat the shrimp there when they... When you know they, what the they, secret to that is? I learned that from my daughter-in-law. The secret is right after you've boiled them, you douse them in ice. Did you know that? Cold Kelly? water. Yeah, and that's what... I did the, know that, actually. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. called blanching, and it stops, mm. the cooking, it stops the cooking process. Listen to Kelly. Boy. So, yeah. Have you ever had a cooking show, Santa? You looking at my waistline? You think I? You think I would? You, know, you think I would have? So would you? Would you rejoin Luke and I again tomorrow? I, I'd be. I'd be delighted. Are you, are you good with that, Luke? Possibly. Possibly. He's, he's considering it. We'll Come send, on, Sander. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll send you a text and let you know, Kelly. Sounds good, guys. Until then, Southern Miss. To the to top. The top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.